Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Where my hoes at? I'm right here. <laughs> hey, guys. We were just talking about how I was babysitting a child, and we were uh, hosing down the flowers outside in their front yard. Do you yard. mean watering the flowers? Watering the flowers. Okay. Sorry. Just checking. I don't know what's going on. English isn't my first language. Shut up. And uh, I, taught, I taught him how to say, where my hoes at? I love that. Um, no, I don't. His parents didn't. I'm it's like, fine. I can't wait for you to have kids. And I was like, oh, God, you've already destroyed one of my children. Yeah. And then when you Gio. have human children, that one, Gio's just practice. We're really yeah. going to. You're doing a great job, though. Go so. for the full destruction of your human children. Lord. Welcome back, guys, to us, because we're back in Los Angeles for the first time in eight years. A million years. Woo-hoo! I think the last time we recorded, he, I think the, when was the last time we recorded? It was like it was before all of our the first week of January, I think. Yeah, so like a month and a half ago. Yeah, the last episode I like travel back to like seven episodes ago when we were talking about how we were just about to go on tour. Yeah, I mean that was the last time we recorded. I know, and uh, here we are back in sunny Los Angeles after quite. A oh wait, except trip. for like only ten hours, and then we're gonna be Literally in Seattle. Just, <laughs> just got an email from Delta as we were recording ads. Time to check in. Um, yeah, and also my email from Delta, in case you're wondering, is an. Uh, confirmed upgrade for tomorrow so shut up christine you know for the people who haven't come to the live shows and heard all about this nightmare that is christine on a plane (laughs) every single time we go on a flight which is i don't know every five minutes these days christine is always fucking upgraded and eva and i are sitting in like 27 f together and all of a sudden we get pictures of christine with like mimosas and in the front and she's like i miss you i miss you guys though it's sad for me it's really hard for me i don't even remember if we ever told this story i don't think we've said it on on a aired episode yet but do you would you like to tell your version of the uh Listen, I finally got upgraded at first. I get upgraded to comfort class a lot, which is great because it's free booze, but not always first class. And so I got upgraded to first class on our way to Dallas. And then our flight was delayed six hours and we were almost not going to make it to our shows. So I like talked to Delta and they were like, we'll put you on an American flight. And I was like, great. And then they're like, here's your ticket. You're in group eight. (laughs) 
which like Christine, like Christine really thought that she was going to have like just the most luxurious Royal event being on this plane. And then all of a sudden she got put in group eight with me and Eva, by the way, in a middle seat, by the way, (laughs) in a middle seat. And so as we're on the plane, walking towards our seats, I could see Christine's eyes just like glaring at all the people in first class being like, you lucky sons of bitches. I just realized something. This was literally in our last, the live episode that we just posted. Well, we're saying it again. (laughs) You got, listen, you guys want to listen. And Christine the whole time was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I can't believe this. I have to be in group eight, like a peasant. If I, if this plane goes down, don't tell my mother where I was. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Tell her it was group one. I'm kidding. Uh, I I just find it funny because it annoys them so much. I just think it was hysterical. And, um... I had a great time watching you in group eight. Also, a lot of people are asking, like, why I get upgraded. I'm like, honestly, I think it's just because when I was, like, four months old, I was already flying to Germany all the right, time. Right, And so, like, I've had Delta SkyMile since I was, like, an infant. Right. And so now that we're literally <laughs> flying, like, every... And I have the credit card. And so. we are truly flying at least, what, like, seven times a month, it seems? Yeah, at least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. And so now with the credit card, too, it's like, well, I just rack them all up, and sometimes I get a free mimosa, so... There you go. I don't know. Sounds like a good deal to me. But it's been a really awesome tour so far. It Maybe has been. For Seattle tomorrow. Yes. Super pumped for that well, This week, we are, I'm also going to Canada, guys. That's right. This is the big to-do. I mean, that's all I'm really there for. I right. might be so excited, I might not even remember to <laughs> tell a story. I it's, might just stand just up stand there, there in awe. <laughs> uh, also, this uh, two days ago, since we've been recording, or I guess four days ago now, it was Valentine's Day. So happy belated oh, Valentine's Day. Um, what did you do for Valentine's Day? I wrote you a good poem. You did. <laughs> you wrote something. I wrote something. You wrote something and you posted it for everyone to see. Yeah, I liked it a lot. What did you and Blaze do? Um, Blaze was working, so a I classic. edited our episode for the show. <laughs> Are you doing anything for Valentine's Day with him eventually? today, maybe, we will make some dinner together, but since we leave tomorrow, not too much time, but yeah, mm. no, we had a good time. We, um, we, uh, we made dinner together the night before and watched uh king of the hill word <laughs> super romantic i know you guys had a big uh to do yesterday yes we had uh well so we had valentine's day and we didn't really do anything because my i have a lot to catch you up on but basically my mom was in town for a week right oh, before right. valentine's day right and so when she showed up like the day after we came back from all of our shows right so we really didn't have any i didn't have any time to just relax because as soon as my I got home. My mom was here, so I wanted to make sure she was having fun. Yeah, that was the day I left town, too. So yeah. So we were, like, just... So it's been the night. a wild ride emotionally. So I think for Valentine's Day, I we just sat down. <laughs> that was all oh, we did. Oh, that's nice. And then... Um, we don't really get to sit down anymore. No, so it's it is... really... I mean, we're sitting down right now. But, I mean, you know. But mentally. Not, mentally, we never get to sit down. Mentally, we're not sitting down. And uh, Mentally, we're, like, screaming and running up mountains and right. trying to get and, shit done. And so then we had the Valentine's Day... Um, we had Valentine's Day, and then the next day, her Allison and I were getting ready all day for our housewarming party that you came right. to. That was a blast. By thank the way. you. Well, beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so it's just been a wild ride. So yesterday happened to also be the day. If you so we're recording this right now on February eighteenth. Correct. Which, if you remember, three two years ago today. Our third episode if came out. If you think I remember anything from two years ago. I know you ago. don't. That's why I'm saying it. Okay. 
Two years ago today was the episode that released where I heard Allison's name oh, for the first time. you know how I know that? Because you posted it all over the internet. You're yes, damn right. I saw that. Which means, and based on how we used to record... You're where we such would, a psycho. We would record... No, you're a psycho because we used to record and then the next day you would spend all day editing it and release it. Yeah. Which well, because the episodes were also six hours that we recorded, so... Yikes. Which means yesterday, two years ago, was the first time I ever Aww. saw her picture. Oh. Because you showed right, me her picture. Right, right, right. That's true, because we recorded the day before. Yeah. So yeah. instead of Valentine's day we celebrated that of like two okay, years of precious. knowing each other that's precious or at least i knew her she didn't really know me yet but um i remember seeing her picture with you and being like christine i need to meet her yes so and i was like stop creeping on my friends you pervert <laughs> <laughs> and then two years later it was yesterday so i took her on a whole surprise date and we woke up at like nine in the morning and from nine in the morning to like midnight i had things planned for and her, that was the so. day after your party so yeah that was quite quite a lot to do wow. well so we went to all of our favorite spots we actually we ran into someone who recognized me at Aww. donut friend i think her name was kate and um she was very nice and then when we went inside allison got recognized they <gasps> thought that someone thought she was an actress <laughs> wait for real yeah so allison that's... didn't get recognized but her face got recognized wait that's amazing so we both got recognized in like five seconds what actress i don't know oh that's cool <laughs> but anyway we had it yesterday was a very busy day but Oh my god! A lot to catch you up on. Yeah. Um. Well, I was in New Orleans for a while. Tell so me everything about it. It was super great. Blaze and I did kind of like a because well, I guess that was sort of our Valentine's. It was like a pre-Valentine's. Yeah, that sounds like a adventure. Valentine's date to me. <laughs> um. And so for Christmas, Blaze surprised me with tickets to New Orleans, and like, uh, we stayed in a haunted hotel. Mm. And did you see anything? Did you feel anything? I didn't. Well, there was one night where we both. I kept waking up like every hour, and I there was one night where I was so scared. I like, I don't know what happened, but I was so scared that I, like, refused to open my eyes because I was like, I don't want to see anything. And apparently, so the hotel is called the Omni Royal, I think, mm. and um, right in French Quarter. And so I had to pee, but there was this, there's this, like, ghost maid that supposedly, like, oh, stands shit. it by your bed at night and, like, tucks you in. And so I woke up at, like, 4 a.m. and I was, or, like, around 3 and I was so scared that I walked to the bathroom with, like, my hand over my eyes. And I was, like, trying to pee with, like... I would have just slept with the lights on that entire time. I was so scared. <laughs> and then the next morning, and I, all night that night, had, like, the most horrific, brutal, violent nightmares. Like, no way. To the point that I woke up crying, like, three times. And then the next morning, Blaze looks like we're both just, like, a mess. And I'm like, how did you sleep last night? And he's like... God, like I had just the worst nightmares of my life, and I was really? like, "Really? What happened?" I mean, I probably something like we ate or like all the hurricanes we drank, but <laughs> so that was like kind of a rough night. But the rest of it was absolutely great. We didn't see anything uh, there, but we did go on a ghost tour. Obviously, like so the second we got there, I was like, "Okay, let's go." Yeah, and we went on a ghost tour, and um, we saw the Lalaurie Mansion, which <gasps> he says he's says it's pronounced lollery but whatever oh well we've been fucking it up i know for uh, since episode 19 he's like oh the here's uh, like we're gonna see the lollery mansion and i was like you mean lollery oh. <laughs> he was like no <laughs> oh yikes there's so many people who have been wanting to correct us for so long and they were like in time they'll learn i was like well i'm not gonna change it because i can't like my brain it's won't. too late it's too late so we went there it was really fucking creepy apparently you're not allowed to walk underneath the overhang mm. like no people cross the street because it's just so haunted yeah like i guess it's like cursed or whatever Ooh. and he said like he had one um tour where he walked a guy and his kids he walked his kids under there just to be like haha oh and no 
he and his wife walked through and then the guy just like fucking fell over and had a seizure and they had to call 911. <gasps> oh shit. And I was like, uh, and he's like, that's real. Like, I don't know if he, and he like didn't have a medical condition or anything and shit like that. So we were like, let's avoid. So the whole time we were walking around New Orleans, I had that pinned. I was like, I don't want to accidentally turn the corner and walk right, under right, this right. building. Um, <laughs> I had it pinned. <laughs> Maybe everyone flag. in New Orleans does. <laughs> Apparently people were avoiding it like crazy. And then, um, oh, so then our tour guide at the end, of course, I had, you can fucking want, this is the coolest city of my life. You can wander around with just booze in your hand everywhere on the it's streets. It's called Christine Land. It's called my hometown now. <laughs> like, you know how you're from Canada? It's New Germany. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's New Germany. And, um. Yes, how I'm from Canada. Exactly. Yes, you're from New thing. Orleans. Got it. And so we're wandering around drinking during this ghost tour, which like, I can wander around on a fucking ghost tour and drink, which is just the coolest thing. It sounds like everything you've ever wanted. Yes. And so I got my liquid courage in a little bit. So by the end of the tour, I went up and I was like, hey, so, uh. I have this podcast and poor Blaze is like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> and I was like, so I have this podcast and, um, Oh, his name is Bobby by the way. And, um, I said, Oh, we're coming to new Orleans in September. By the way, guys, we're coming to new Orleans in September. Woo-hoo! Um, and I'd really like to have some suggestions of anything like creepy that you, you know, cause his, he said his family has lived there for like three centuries. Oh shit. Insane. Um, well, I probably, that's probably wrong. And he's probably listening. To this, if that's like, the case you know, though, like it would be a crime to ever leave. <laughs> 1870s. So that's not quite three centuries Maybe. in American math. It is so. <laughs> in our math. It is. Right. In our math, it's whatever we want it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he said three generations. I don't know. Um, and isn't this... America like not 300 years old. Yeah, but there's a lot happening down there. Sure. Still, you I'm going to just trust you. Well, he said 1870s, I think. Okay. Who knows? Um, and so, yeah, he gave me some suggestions and then he's like, oh, that's funny. I actually showed a tour around last night, like a private, or I'm sorry, I showed a podcast around last night privately and I was like, oh, which one? And he's like, I think they're called my brother, my brother and me. And I was like, and then Christine dropped it and I screamed and Blaze was like, oh no. And (laughs) I lost my mind because the next day we were going to their show in New Orleans and I was like, this is just the best little, like you were fangirling. It was so cool. Cause I, then I looked it up and I'm like, there are so many tours in New Orleans on a Saturday night, so many tour guides, and just I happened to have the one yeah. who toured them the night before. It just felt very special. The universe wanted it to happen. Yeah, and also their show was great. Anyway, I feel like I'm just talking really fast because so much happened, but we did go to, we did a tour of the um, St. Louis Cemetery, number one, which is like their oldest cemetery, I believe, mm. and it is the coolest thing ever. And Nicolas Cage, you talked about this, right, that Nicolas Cage bought the LaLaurie Mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he bought it, and then... Um, uh, immediately the IRS was like, you owe $16 million. <gasps> so he was like, I don't have that. So right. it was seized from him. Oh shit. But he had also bought a fucking like mausoleum to- like a tomb in the fucking St. Louis cemetery. Oh wow. But since the IRS can't like, I guess in Louisiana or New Orleans, I'm not sure. There's a law that the IRS can't seize your final resting place. <gasps> so they like couldn't take his <laughs> tomb. So when you go through the St. Louis Cemetery, it's like this gorgeous, like old Catholic cemetery with like beautiful architecture and like really old, like crumble it, like what you picture New Orleans to look like. And then there's this fucking gigantic pyramid in the middle of it. It's, like, oh this my gigantic God. pyramid. And they're like, this is Nicolas Cage's tomb. Oh no. And there's this quote on it. Where he's like, oh, it goes back to my Catholic roots. No, it's a quote from National Treasure, by the way. I was going to say, I kind of hope it's from National it's Treasure, but then I thought there's no way that that but will the happen. the fact that like, he should just own it, but he pretends like it's Is like... he considering himself the National Treasure? Probably. <laughs> oh, I mean, interesting. I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> but so that was just a really weird twist on that story. That I heard that story that he bought the LaLaurie Mansion. His All his shit went to hell. He lost all his money. And then 
we saw his tomb the next day. So that was very cool. cool. Anyway, but it was really fun and awesome. And I went into a little voodoo shop and <gasps> cool. got you something. Hold no on. way. Why don't, why am I surprised every time? <laughs> I'm like, I should have just expect that, huh? Well, so, oh, sorry. This is loud. So I went to your housewarming thing and I brought, I already brought Allison. Like, um, I got like coffee and stuff from mm-hmm. Cafe du Monde. So that's that, but you don't really drink coffee anyway. No, but I did see it and it looked okay. very nice. And so then for you, oh shit, sorry. So this is just something because I felt bad because last time. What? Why are you bad? Well, because when I went to um, when I went to Belize, I feel like I didn't really understand that you liked hot sauce. <gasps> so then now. Oh, this is the place for hot I know. sauce. And we went and I Shut I up. tried forty six hot sauces and picked my favorite. <laughs> you you but tried also, them with your mouth? Yes, they had a big, wow. huge tasting place and. I tried them all, and they all oh, have. Oh, shut up! They all have a uh, like kind of Louisiana or New Orleans um, names. Oh wow! Warning, pretty hot. Oh wait, okay. So this one, I'm sorry. Uh, is that why you got it? On the label, it says <laughs> not just for men. <laughs> if this is a welcoming, inclusive. Yes. Uh, it's called Bayou Love Potion Number Nine. I picked that one specifically for you. I love it. A pepper sauce. Love a good pepper sauce. And then there's two more. I'm missing something. That's the bag for that one. Shit, I'm missing Ooh, shit. something. This one looks good. This one's called Hot Party in Your Mouth Sauce on Bourbon Street. Oh, I like the little painting. <laughs> Hot Party in Your Mouth. That's what they call me. Oh, sorry. I left all the price tags on, didn't I? And then, oh, I'm not looking. And then this is, oh, I, oh, this, I'm so glad I saw this one last. What's that one? So this one, it has a skeleton in an electric chair. Oh, yes. Uh, oh yes it's a habanero sauce which i'm very excited about it's called louisiana execution okay and it says caught and convicted of stealing habaneros (laughs) sentenced to die in the electric chair warning habanero addiction could happen to you see this is the thing is i had to pick ones that really tasted good but also had really cool labels so oh for sure no this is a process and also i do like that you you went through and got different types right right i wanted to get a little variety and now that i know that you like hot sauce because i didn't know when i went to belize and now i'm like oh shit i should have known no i i so there was a while i think i brought it up last time but there was a time where i like was actually studying like peppers and like scoville scale yeah yeah. and i was uh i was trying to there was a whole kit on like make your own hot sauce and i was doing that i was very very into hot sauce for a very long time well those are good i tried them all at least i really liked them and blazed it too i'm very excited for this louisiana execution that's my favorite (laughs) it's like right down our alley (laughs) also um well okay so i have something else for you from the voodoo shop but (gasps) in here i it's not in here i think it's still my suitcase i'm gonna go grab it but i did find lemon in here oh jesus christ (laughs) i'm sorry hang on the lemon (laughs) the fucking lemon yeah he was in there. Blaze got really mad, so I had to put him in Tell there. me what city he tra- he's traveled from again. I don't remember. <laughs> Where were we? It was, oh, it was San Jose. San Jose. That's, that's the lemon from San Jose. Oh, my God. Okay, so nobody knows about... Don't throw it away. <laughs> Why? Give me a reason. Blaze. <laughs> no! See, Blaze just came in to say throw it away. Not my leg! Did you know this is still here? Trot to fucking New Orleans. This thing is globe trotting, and I don't like it. What the... <laughs> So for those of you who don't know what lemon is, I'm crying. <laughs> we were in San Jose and we were staying in an Airbnb and Christine <laughs> naturally, because all she does is read about true crime, mm-hmm. decided that she was going to check under all the beds and in the closets and everything to make sure there wasn't right. a murderer in the Especially Airbnb. In Airbnb, you never know. While she was looking under the bed, she, while she was looking under a bed and she found a dried old, God knows how long this has been around lemon. Okay. It's underneath it's, the listen, bed. Guys, guys, hang on. Here's the, I'm putting the microphone by the table. <laughs> listen to this fucking lemon. 
it is rock it is rock hard okay the thing is i looked under the bed and i was like what is that and i got my flashlight on my phone and i was like that's a lemon so i crawled down there and indeed it was a lemon and i just think that's the funniest thing ever and so then i and so then she took a picture of it from her room and sent it to me and eva and then i texted her and said i'll venmo you 50 dollars if you eat it and instead of eating it she befriended it which is so much worse because i did not offer that bet and uh and so I, she's been carrying it around ever since she, it makes me laugh what is wrong with you she and, and then she literally brought it to new orleans well, with her place it's rotten but it's not it's just mummified it really is like a bot like hon it's a mummified that's literally it next on my haunt this is it. i'm gonna hit it against my head just okay, so you know okay. how hard it is <laughs> i don't know if you can hear it or not you can like Instead of a clink, that's what we're going to do now. <laughs> Just bang the lemon. That is such, it's literally, it's turned into a rock. Well, the lemon's my friend, and I don't really understand why everyone has such a problem with it. I just, it's such an odd Although friendship. Although it wasn't my purse, and then I accidentally pulled it out at a restaurant, and Blaze made me walk back to the hotel and put it in my suitcase, so... Well, he told me to put it in the You're trash. You're a psychopath. He told me to put it in the trash, and I... I I'm refused. confused. Well, I did put it in the trash, but then I took it back out, remember, because I felt bad. I have heard... Uh, and someone did tweet out at, about this saying that if you put a lemon under your bed, apparently it's supposed to absorb. It's like a, it's like a, well, they didn't citrus. say under the bed. They said in the corner of the room and people oh. do that as like a presentation, oh. like put citrus in the room, not under the bed though. Like the, I think that was just dropped there. No, the one, like the one that said that like, it like absorbs negative yeah. energy. Oh. Cause it's like, I think people say that like, if you keep it in the room, it absorbs, but I don't think like if you roll one under the bed, I think it's like, I'm, I'm going to let that be the answer to this. You, so it makes some no, sense. Cause that means he's full of negative energy <laughs> and I can tell he's a good, good lemon. Oh my goodness. Anyway, that didn't, I didn't mean for that to be a thing. Um, let me grab the last gift. Sorry. Real quick. Okay. Well, I can't find it. Um, I, honest to God, that is real voodoo. I mean, it just seriously. disappeared. I just uh, Christine just paused the recording to go find it, and I watched her run across her entire house <laughs> trying to find it in different rooms, really and it's sad. nowhere to be found. I don't know where it is. Even Blaze helped me look for it. I think. I mean, I guess I'll tell you what it is. Are you sure? Yeah. Is it in your car? No. So you really don't know where it is at all. No. All right. Well, what is it? It's very weird. It's not in any of my suitcases. Do you want to tell me, or you want it to be a surprise for the future? Well, yeah, I'll just give it to you next time. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that's better. Because well, I don't really remember what it is. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. I was drinking a lot of hurricanes. Moving on. Okay. Uh, how long have we been ranting? I'm so sorry to everyone who's new to this show. Only and... 28 minutes. Shit. Well, that's, luck, also, no, that's also the ads. Anyway, so sorry about that. I will find it for next time. So sorry to Eva having to edit this down and for everyone who's listening who doesn't like us bantering in the beginning. Sorry. Yeah. We just haven't seen each other in a long it's time. It's been a long time uh oh my well with that being said we'll do the rest later we'll tell a story now i suppose i suppose this podcast is brought to you by squarespace the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account if you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue then get started with squarespace's new feature squarespace courses squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. 
Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So um, this is something new that we're doing. Uh, We are very aware that because at our live shows we are doing uh different stories that don't actually end up getting aired unless they're unless like we record them at the venue right so we'll record like 20 shows in like two weeks and then or well like three weeks and then we have to pick one to release we can't we're not releasing all of them right and so what we have been doing is we'll release uh every now and then a live show that we've done but sometimes at venues they don't actually they're not able to record the live show right which means that when we tell that story to the audience that's the last time anyone ever hears and it's it like tragic because we pick stories that we fucking love for each other. love and so anyone who has been in a particular audience if we don't record it it doesn't get aired anywhere and we never tell the story again because we try to do original stories all the time right but sometimes there's stories that mean a lot to us and we want to be able to tell them so right. uh this is i'm actually i don't know i think you are too but I'm telling a story that we've actually covered at a live show that happened to not get recorded. Right. Just because this story is so good and it's a story that so many people have requested. It would be such a... Even I rec- after you did it, I was like, can we do that again on the show? Because I yeah. loved it so much. And it, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, it would it would be unfair right. to have been able to only tell that story one time to a small group of people when so right. many people want to hear it. And also for anybody who's thinking, which I thought at first too kind of a concern of like well you know you guys usually tell stories you don't know and stuff like and so the reactions are raw if you think i remember what happened in november we when don't M told the story i don't remember a goddamn thing so truly i mean we just like how we've said before on the show that people will you know dm us or talk to us about references from like a year ago we have no idea no every like when you just said that uh you were like i think you said that nicholas cage bought the the lori mansion until you said that, I never. Right. Since I said it up in episode nineteen, I haven't thought about that information. I totally forgot. Yeah, I, so I just wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt that you said it. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. And I said, yeah, I said that, but I probably might not have. I don't know. But so basically, what we're saying is, if you are disappointed that we're doing this because you think the reaction isn't real, we promise this yeah. is actually our. We're rehearing it and relearning it all over again. And I think we're both we're doing stories from different cities, just in case if you were in okay. the New York audience or if you're in this. The, I'm doing a story from one of the DC shows. Yeah. So like 
if you're in those audiences, you'll still get a new story. So don't sure. worry about it. Um, and they'll be different. I mean, we tell, as you know, we're the, the kings of banter. No, I can't even <laughs> kings pretend. Kings of banter. We're the broads of broadcasting. But it's not going to be the exact same as it was. No. And also, I can promise you let's pretend that christine even knew all the information about my story and yeah. her reaction isn't going to be real which is not true but let's pretend yeah my reaction is certainly going to be real because i haven't looked at these notes since i said them in november november so i actually don't remember i'm really going to be like winging this whole story because right, right, right. i have not looked at them i don't even remember a little mine bit. either and i i so i have no fucking clue good so, so good luck to everyone listening in on this chaos i'm excited actually because i i picked one that i really like telling too so oh good yeah well this is the story that i did for the new york comedy fest at the gramercy (gasps) in november and this is the story that has been highly requested by many of you including me including christine this is the story of dear david oh my god i'm so fucking pumped that we're doing this which like and we've wanted to we've thought about doing this one on the show anyway because uh we because some cool things happened while we were doing the show right well you'll find out you'll find out okay okay um and also i do apologize you guys are not going to be getting as great of an experience as the people at the gramercy because at the time i was showing the pictures along with the tweets but there are uh websites i think bustle.com actually has an entire uh chronology of every single tweet and picture so if you would like to follow along there you can probably type in on google like bustle dear david um, and you'll see the all pictures. the pictures. Yeah, cool. It was a very picture heavy show. So I'm sorry that I'm going to have to kind of just, but the story itself is so fucking creepy. So it it's way even, creepy. Doesn't even matter. So, okay. So dear David. So in this thread, basically it's a dear David is this guy on Twitter named Moby dickhead is his handle. <laughs> his name is Adam. And he, uh, he decided that he was going to live tweet his experiences. Right. Um, that he was having in his apartment right. he, and he thought he was being haunted by a little ghost and it it's a very well documented story so right, right right basically in this thread adam says that there is a ghost of a child trying to kill him in his apartment oh fantastic and it started at a dream but it seems too real so during a bout of sleep he saw a child in a green chair by his bout bed of sleep in about a bout of sleep during a bout of sleep <laughs> is that what we call it nowadays i feel like that's something i must have said maybe a sleep paralysis no just about. during a session of sleep paralysis <laughs> during one of those sleep sessions you know anyway he was taking a nap and then he <laughs> sorry i just was I, like... I just read it and didn't even realize i had written that so while he was sleeping <laughs> and he was uh he had sleep paralysis and he saw a child in a green chair by his bed so i am going i also forgot my laptop today so i'm doing this all from my phone so we are going to have to bounce back and forth between Fantastic. me finding the tweets and reading them for you, as well as reading my notes. Yay. Um, so the very first tweet was, I think, on August 7th, and Adam wrote, So my apartment is currently being haunted by the ghost of a dead child, and he's trying to kill me. Fuck. What year was that, by the way? 2017, right? 2017. Okay. The first time I saw him, I was experiencing sleep paralysis and saw a child sitting in a green chair at the foot of my bed. Okay, good. So I've been I've been doing a good job so far in these two bullets. Okay. I already have chills and like, I don't know why, but that's terrifying. So uh, basically, the he then tweeted out and said he had a huge mishappen head. Mishappen, misshapen, Christ alive. <laughs> Can you tell I haven't? Truly, I have not done this I in November. I wanted to hear if you would hear it. Half as hardly. Half as hardly. Okay, so uh, I was experiencing sleep paralysis. I had a wonton head. (laughs) I'm 26. 
<laughs> I was experiencing sleep paralysis and I saw a child sitting in the green rocking chair at the foot of my bed. Um, he had a huge misshapen head that was dented on one side <gasps> and I did my best to draw it. So this is where a picture showed up on the projector. Fuck. Christine, I will show you the picture again. Can you please describe for the people? Oh God. Oh, I don't want to insult this creepy child, but <laughs> it is like a child looking at you, but then there's a huge dent in his head and like he's... It has smashed half his face in. It's truly like, imagine Tommy Pickles with beady eyes and half of his head. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. It's a really unfortunate look. So, from there... If you saw that in your sleep, like, you'd never sleep again, is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely not. Um, the child apparently got out of his chair. So, he did the drawing, and then he, sh he goes on to explain more of the story. The child got out of the chair and came closer to the bed when Adam woke up screaming. Oh, fuck. So oh, that was the God. first time. Okay, so he approached him in bed. So a couple nights later, the next dream that he had was of him in a library where a girl said, have you seen... Uh, sorry, so he's having a dream in, the, in a library and someone comes up to him and says, you've seen Dear David, haven't you? Stop! I hate this! The girl went on and said that Dear David appears at midnight and if you say Dear David first, before you finish your sentence, you can ask him any question you want. You can ask two questions, though. If you ask a third question, he'll kill you. So you only get two questions and you have to say Dear David both times first. Okay. So like Simon says. Sure. But not. It, but exactly. It's like Simon says, kill me. Um, <laughs> Simon says, keep me alive, please. Uh, um, it's like the adult version of Simon's. Right. <laughs> so a but few not weeks. not in a sexual way. No. Sorry. I'm going to change the Wow. Subject. Here we go. Um, <laughs> a few weeks pass and Adam has another night of sleep paralysis where he sees David in the chair staring at him. Fuck. Adam says. Dear David, how did you die? David says, an accident in a store. Oh, God. And then Adam says, dear David, what happened in the store? And David said, a shelf was pushed on my head. <gasps> then Adam made a mistake. No. And he asked a third question. No. And he also didn't say, dear no! David. So he said, who pushed the shelf? And he woke up afraid, knowing that he shouldn't have asked the third uh, question. And so he starts investigating because now he's seen this guy a couple times. So he's just getting curious. Getting some info. So he searches everywhere for New York City, a kid in a store, an accident, all that combined. But he didn't find anything. Say, that's probably a lot of results. To NYC kid there. store accident. <laughs> in this same time, he is also moving from the bottom of the apartment. The, or he's in the bottom apartment of his duplex currently. And he's moving into the top one. I guess someone. Oh, oh, oh. it doesn't really matter. But he's switching rooms. Right. He said that when he moved up there originally, there were no ghosts, so he thought that maybe David lost him. Oh, so he you mean like that he lost it? Like, like maybe now that he wasn't sleeping in that room anymore, he maybe like dear, left him behind. Maybe dear David couldn't find him. Oh, oh perfect. So now David is... He lost him. That's <laughs> the creepiest way to put that. Uh, so then Adam, however, starts noticing that something is going on outside of his door. Oh, fuck. And his two cats begin staring at the door every night at midnight. And one night he decided to look through the people and he thought he saw something move. Mm -mm. So I feel really bad for the people who are not looking at the pictures while I'm telling this story. This is, I feel, because there's so many creepy things that are involved in these pictures. Um, but basically I'm going to sc scroll down. I'm going to have you, if I can find it, have you describe it. So if you're driving, don't try to Google it. But yeah, this is not... definitely the story that you don't, uh, listen while you're driving. You like <laughs> are following me on Twitter. So, uh, so Adam posts, for the past four nights, my cats gather at the front door at exactly midnight and just stare at it, oh. almost like something's on the other side. And here's a picture of confirmation. Oh. Okay, two kittens sitting at the door, staring underneath the, like, crack on the door. Yes. 
And then he says, when I opened the door and turned on the hall light, nothing was there, but my cat seemed unnerved, bushy tails, etc. Ooh. And that's where I am right now. Dear David found me, I think. I don't know what to do. I'll keep you updated. Fuck. So. This is terrible. From there. And sorry. he lives alone. Like, oh, God. This is my worst <laughs> nightmare. And keep in mind, the story that I'm telling is, it's still long, but it's an abridged version. I tried to cut out some of the less scary parts. Right. So if you go through Bustle, you'll see that there's some parts that I am missing. So uh, in my story, what happens next um, is that he's starting to see things through the peephole. And Adam starts taking a few pictures at this time through the people, and in one of them, he sees a dark mist. Oh, God. And in the first one, uh, it looks, the dark mist looks like it's hiding. Oh. Like behind the stairs. So one night, one night he decided to look through the people and thought he saw something move. And for the next week, the cat started staring at the door at midnight nonstop. It was just Mm. always expected. So a few nights later, Adam starts trying out a sleep talk app to record sounds while he's sleeping because oh, he's like, the cats are looking at the door. There's this dark mist that keeps showing up like at nighttime. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, OK, I'm just going to have a recorder going while I'm asleep. I fucking hate this. And uh, so the cats keep going to the door at midnight and Adam puts salts around the doorway before he goes to bed because he's getting afraid. Um, which is fair. I would also probably put a ring of salt around the door. I feel like I remember when this was going on because people kept tweeting it at us. Yeah. The po- we had the podcast at the time. But, like, didn't he just go buy, like, he bought, like, salt He was from like, Ralph's. I don't know what kind of salt this <laughs> he is. Like, he was like, hopefully this works. Some Kroger brand iodized salt. <laughs> like, I'll just pour it all over the floor. The poor so, cats are like, no. The cats are like, why did you do that to this me? This isn't even tasty. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he starts putting salt on the floor while he's sleeping. And the sleep app uh, on the first night actually caught three interesting sounds. Oh, fuck. They all happened between 2 and 3 a.m. The first was a snap and a heavy step. The second was a whole clip of electrical static that wasn't there before. And the third was another snap. And it sounded like an electrical snap. Okay. Interestingly enough, as I was saying this on stage... (gasps) You're right. One of the light bulbs uh, above us on stage snapped and sizzled and there was a huge spark and everyone in the theater freaked out well the bulb blew like the bulb completely blew out because then later, i didn't know i just heard a, i heard an electrical snap behind me and i heard everyone go <gasps> it was one of those things where everyone went whoa like the whole fucking audience <laughs> it looked like we had planned it we did not plan and that and I, I it was very scary because the bulb blew and then later we were at the gramercy and it's like usually a concert venue and yeah. so we were talking to the people backstage and without even like us asking but i remember the guy was like or i think our booking agent or andrew or somebody was like talking to the tech guys and they were like yeah we've never had a bulb blow out like that like during even a concert when it's like loud and crazy and there's like amps going and they were like yeah those bulbs just don't blow like we change them every couple so months weird and we were and like, they, like recently just changed they, them yeah they had just changed them and they were like we test them and never had this happen and we were like don't tell us that as we were as the words coming out of my mouth were an electrical snap that was actually and a sizzle very frightening So those were the three sounds that got recorded on his sleep app that night. Um, Then Adam went on a trip and he came back uh, with an instant Polaroid camera, which is funny on his Twitter. He said something like getting the fuck out of my haunted house. So (laughs) yeah, he's like packing my bag. (laughs) He's like, see ya. (laughs) So while he was out, he took some uh, or while he, when he got back with his instant Polaroid, he took some pictures around the apartment and they were totally normal shots. Wait, sorry. Who do you think watches? Who, what sucker do you think he talked into watching his right. cats that weekend? Just, you have a free place to stay. I'm I'd not, be like, Mm-mm. I'll pay you. Don't worry. Just hang out at my place. But They're like, just don't. If you hear anything, just ignore it. Just ignore dream it. Dream weekend job. Not really. Also, just put some salt around the front of the door. Don't mind all the salt piles all over the house. <laughs> just leave them be. Don't uh, mind the child in the room with a bashed in head. Right. Exactly. And don't ask him questions. Mm-mm. 
Um, so he took some pictures around the apartment and they were totally normal. And then this is where it got really juicy for me. I got really stoked about this part. He decides that he's going to open the door and take a picture of the hallway while it is pitch black. Oh, fuck. Um, well, oh, sorry. Hang on. Oh, yeah. I'm reading. I'm, I'm reading on my phone. So my notes keep like zooming out and I'm like, oh shit, I don't know where I am. Basically, he took a picture of the hallway while the light was on right. and the picture turned out pitch black right. as in as if there were no this one had like just like covered up the as if someone just covered up the entire hole right of the camera so he tried to debunk it and he ripped open a new pack of film to see if they started black and it just like maybe didn't develop but right. the it was all white um he also took a picture with his finger over the lens to see if that's what made it black but he actually like took a picture of him covering up the entire lens yeah. and you could still see light coming through like the the, like b- the bound edges. the border of his fingertips right so that wasn't what it was. And he also tried to take a picture of the hallway with his phone on his, instead of just his Polaroid. So he took a picture side by side, one with his phone, one with his Polaroid. And the picture on his phone was a normal picture <gasps> of a lit up hallway. And on his Polaroid, it came out pitch black. <gasps> so comments. Um, Didn't he? Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I go ahead. If you're going to talk about this. I What's forget. that? Like of him taking... Like he didn't he post a video of him taking the photo so that you could yeah. literally see it. He took yes he yes yeah. you didn't I was not gonna say that so thank you. I he, just remember people being like you probably just fucking like took a picture. With no he took a video of himself on his phone taking a picture with, with the, the Polaroid and then watched it develop. Right like no editing. Whew, it was super creepy. Ugh. Um so there are comments from tweets or conspiracy pages. Uh, some say that they are also so like as he's posting these things people who are following these tweets are now saying that they are starting to see david and one said that he saw david sitting on his sink when he went to the bathroom in the middle of the night which was super creepy um if i fucking see david i swear to god i cannot handle this this is so spooky to me so a couple days later he posted a picture of him saging the house and the next day there was a tweet that said sage did not work That night, he had another dream with David sitting on the couch and staring at him. And the sleep app that he was using was recording uh, for the next several nights. And in a, in a row for several nights, it was just complete static from like 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Oh, wait, no, not 3 a.m. Starting at 3 a.m., it would go for five full minutes. It was just complete electrical static that <gasps> was not supposed to be there. Okay. So Adam had a dream that David was dragging him by the arm through an empty warehouse. Oh, my God. <laughs> So that was the dream. And he was having these dreams somewhere around the time that the sleep app was happening. So all of a sudden the electrical static would happen. Oh, God damn it. It would be the last thing that he recorded. And then when he woke up from he his dream, up. he would wake up and check the, the sleep app. And the, that sound was happening. Fucking A, man. So he had the dream that he was being dragged around in an empty warehouse. The next day, Adam woke up with a bruise on his arm, which he showed. He has a picture of. He showed the bruise on his arm. He also... When he woke up and saw the bruise, he decided he was going to go downstairs and get coffee. And he walked past a repair store that he walks by all the time. And it is always super busy. I remember it being like some sort of like um, like the hot dog carts, like street food vendor carts. It was a repair shop for those kind of carts. And so during this time, during the weekend, it was always really busy because everyone was getting their carts repaired. Sure. So he said that it always used to be super busy. But on this particular day, that warehouse happened to be completely gutted and abandoned. Oh, And it looked like the warehouse from his dream. Oh, no. And the only thing left in the warehouse, apparently it was just totally, everything was ripped out of there, except for a green chair. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What the fuck? I don't remember that at all. Which, if you recall, that was the chair that he remembers seeing Dear David in. 
in his dream in the first dream this one gets me so good i don't know it's so i have goosebumps right now i've had goosebumps this whole time so he thought it was a coincidence and tried to ignore it um and then next his cats are still going to the door every night and it's getting early and earlier so it's not just like midnight anymore the cats are showing up like 10 p.m and not leaving the door oh my god so at the same time that the cats are gathering, Adam starts getting phone calls from an unmarked number. Oh, God. Well, I mean, I get like 40 of those a day. True. I mean, maybe he just like has to pay his student loans or something. <laughs> and that's what De- Dear David's just a collection agency. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, cr- I mean, they know how to get millennials. Like, <laughs> it's like, we'll haunt you we'll until you pay. come into your fucking sleep paralysis. <laughs> so uh, the cats are gathering. He starts getting these phone calls and he was getting calls every night at the exact same time. No. And he f- was ignoring them. And he finally decided to pick up one night, and he heard the same electric static sound from his oh, sleep app. no, thank you. And a small voice whispered, hello. No, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. And then Adam said, it wasn't quite a greeting. Um, oh, God. It was just a flat statement, so quiet that I could barely hear it. Adam had another trip coming up, and he bought a nanny cam for the cats. <laughs> and he recorded 24-7, and sent, it would send alerts to his phone whenever motion was detected. So that same night, two things sent alarms to his phone. One was a video of his green chair mm. rocking by itself in the living room. Oh, so he had a green chair. He too. did happen to oh, have a green okay. chair. But um, the green chair was rocking in the middle of the night by itself. Okay. Um, and these videos are also on Twitter, and they are way creepy. They are actually very frightening, because you can tell it's like from one of those cameras. Like yeah, Nest it's like cameras or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's a chair rocking and then there's uh, he has like a turtle shell decoration on his wall oh. and it falls by itself. Fucking no. And, and there's no cat knocking. It and there's off. no cat knocking it off. You just watch it fall Didn't by itself. Talk about that turtle shell and said he got it on, on like a trip somewhere. It was like a. I think so. It was something like he got it from. A, it, it, a, like it had some sort of significance. Like some native sig- sim- symbolism or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And he also said that he's noticing at this point that um, most things that are being touched and like uh, interacted with with your david happened to be green oh i didn't even think about and a turtle that. shell is kind of green thank god those cats are not green <laughs> can am you imagine right? <laughs> am i right uh so <laughs> a week later another video comes out of his cats freaking out fuck these poor cats they're clearly looking at something that isn't there and then all of a sudden a jar on the table moves by itself fuck. one of the cats named maxwell he is uh, meerkatting in the video for hours, which for him is an odd behavior. Oh. Um, meerkatting is when they're like on their hind legs looking at something. Right, with their like paws kind of up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he was, but he kept for looking hours. at for hours. That poor baby. Don't they do that when they're... They're kind of scared and curious about like trying to what they're looking what at. Yeah. yeah. And so two weeks later, Adam updates us that he has been having intense nightmares. One of him rolling over and seeing a severed head <laughs> with a bloody spine attached. <laughs> snaking down the bed laying next to him and the head was staring at him and smiling okay part of this too is that like we did this live and i (laughs) i had to like remember that my mother-in-law was in the audience and i and like (laughs) so was our agent and like a lot a lot of important a lot of fucking so we were people. we were trying not to cuss. No, we were trying, I'm to, trying be to keep myself together on stage. I'm probably wearing a skirt. Oh, I was wearing a dress. I'm like trying to like look presentable, <laughs> but this is just making me like fall out of my fucking chair now. So uh, Adam asks, "What happened to you?" And the bloody severed head says, "It feels great." Oh and then Adam woke up. I'm gonna die. Another commenter also said, "I would rather see David any fucking day than that stupid spine." 
no a thousand percent horrific so basically adam then goes on a trip to japan and he says that everything was fine on the trip but the last day of his trip he walked past uh this statue in the park and saw the figure of a child with a dented head (gasps) so it just was a little coincidental that's a little weird once he got back in uh back to his house the electricity started acting up and multiple light bulbs would go out in a new led strip that he flashed on and off uh would flash on and off by itself without being powered on fuck um one early morning he couldn't sleep so he was getting ready to go to work and he heard a scratch on his front door and he took a picture of the people to see if anything was on the other side and something's face was definitely there staring back at him no which you can see in a picture that he has on twitter it's definitely a dear david-esque face oh god and then all of a sudden there were no updates for a while so people were freaking the fuck out are you alive and then he said that some spiritual friends came over and tried blessing the place with things that seemed to work for a little bit but then the uh, next apartment update was around 11 p.m. one night, and Adam walked to the kitchen and noticed the cat staring out the window. Oh. The window looks out to a roof of a building oh next door, and before leaving the room, Adam saw that on the roof was someone standing on the roof staring at him. Oh, my God. I forgot about this part. Which freaks me out, too, because I have a story from when I was younger that there was definitely something in my room that I hated, and my stepmom blessed the oh, room. <gasps> fuck i forgot about this so there like it she blessed the room so there was nothing that could get in my room anymore but in the middle of the night i would feel something staring at me from outside my window like get desperate in, to get in but it was outside so it's interesting that they blessed the apartment and all of a sudden something staring on the roof right next to his building staring at him i am one large goosebump right now <laughs> and so the window looks out to the roof and he saw someone standing there and and there's a whole thread of him like ducking under the sink and trying to look out the window to see if it was really there but basically he saw someone standing there for sure so 10 days later you got a picture too right there's a picture there's a literal picture of a there's guy pictures st- of everything i'm talking about right now oh right okay so there is a picture of a guy standing on the fucking roof yes like facing his built yes. window like it's way creepy creepy as hell whether there's a go- like even if it's just a fucking dude on the roof it's exactly terrifying so 10 days later adam dreamed about david again and david was sitting by adam's bed in a new chair since the green one has now been gone because adam was like get this fucking chair out of here but so now david's sitting on a different chair oh great and david stared at him and adam tried to move and somehow was able because he has sleep paralysis so david's staring at him adam's trying to move he cannot but somehow he's able to move his hand enough to grab his phone oh okay this is bananas adam says quote I thought if David is going to kill me, maybe I can at least get evidence on my phone. And he began taking pictures at his side, like by his hip. He was, he had the camera up on his phone and was taking pictures while David was there. David got off the chair and got face to face with Adam muttering something. And then his eyes rolled back in his head (gasps) until there was only white while still muttering something. David climbed into Adam's bed and then Adam woke up and it was broad daylight. A few days later, Adam went into uh, the pictures on his phone for something, and he found pictures during his dream that confirmed that everything he experienced really happened. So there are pictures of a little child with a dented head on a couch running towards his bed and standing there. (laughs) Fucking A, man. It is the fucking creepiest because this is like, like, look at my, I'm like goosebump central right now. It's terrible. Because the pictures, I'm not kidding. These pictures, it's not like a kind of a shadow. It's definitely a child running off the couch. Christ, this is like so upsetting. And so uh, two weeks later, Adam updates everyone again, which by the way, everyone's freaking out in between being like, 
okay so two weeks have gone by you're not gonna tell us what the fuck happened like your last post was a ghost child running at you and now we hear nothing for right, two weeks right so two weeks later adam updates again saying that he heard thumps and crashing above him which was weird because he lived on the top floor of his duplex oh, true. and he did figure out that there was a crawl space above his ceiling oh absolutely not there was no access to the crawl space because to get to the entrance in his ceiling, it's really high above the stairs. So he would need a really tall ladder to actually reach it. And nobody should be able to reach that crawl space. Right. So the entrance was in the ceiling above the tall stairs and would definitely need a ladder balanced on the stairs to even get up there. Got it. Okay. So the sounds, it's, uh, the sounds that he was hearing were like something was dropping and crashing onto the floor and it sounded very intentional like it was only doing it when he was listening okay so something must have been in there he thought so uh he went online and bought a long pole to prop up the hatch of the attic door he's fucking brave and he got brave enough to peek inside so at this point the noises were so loud he said it sounded like a bowling ball was being dropped in there oh god and one day he went down the stairs he went like he wasn't playing with the crawl space at all but he just was leaving his apartment and he went down the stairs and he saw dirt on the stairs right under the crawl space hatch door <laughs> as if something had gotten out no. he looked up and there was something now wedged in the door of the hatch that no. had previously never been there before no. so now it looks like so it was a it was a crawl space door that he never thought about then he's hearing all these sounds he props the door up yeah and then the next time he's there, all of a sudden there's dirt as if someone was shuffling out of there and there's something kind of wedged in the doorway. So right. it looks like something has been in there. Right. So he goes back upstairs and grabs the pole and he films himself doing this, which this video does exist. He filmed himself with the long pole, knowing that there was something wedged on in the door and he was going to push, push the door up so whatever was wedged there would fall down. Sure. And he didn't know what it would be. So something did fall out on him. And he thought it was a dead bird or something. He said it might be a squirrel. When he looked at it, it was actually a small leather shoe. <laughs> it's the worst like, thing. Like from can... like old days, like an old ass leather shoe. Like a creepy hand-sewn child's leather yes. shoe. Yes. <laughs> and Adam called the landlord and was like, fuck this. You bring your own ladder. I need you to check out the crawl space up there. Absolutely. The, la the landlord found nothing. And then he said, oh, wait, I found something. And he pulled out a very old green marble with, no. with a dent in it. No. And he ended up later looking up this marble and found out that marbles like that with the dent in it only come from the early 1900s because that was how they used to make marbles. Oh, so it had like a yeah. part of the manufacturing. Right, right, oh, right. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So the marble and the shoe looked like they were both from the 1900s. Okay. Early 1900s. So poor choice. Adam took the shoe and marble and put them in his house. What a fucking dummy. So like you finally bless this guy out. He's on the roof because he can't get in. He ends up in the crawl space because it's technically not in your area, but he's getting closer to you. And, and then all of a sudden him. you welcomed him, welcomed him back in. Giant Jesus. I cannot. So two weeks later, Adam says that he hasn't been feeling well and gets sudden bouts of dizziness and no longer sleeps well and has weird dreams. So he no longer sleeps well because he's been <laughs> sleeping so fucking right, well the right, past right. year. God. So uh, sometimes he wakes up in the middle of the night and feels like he's being stared at. He feels malice and dread. And there are days that he's so tired he can barely function. So he's becoming a, a mess. It's like driving him crazy. After a few nights of this, Adam decides to use the nanny cam in his bedroom. But the cord wasn't long enough. So he used an app that takes a picture every minute and set the phone in the top corner of his room. So he had a view of everything. Okay. So he's trying to just get any picture he can of what's happening while he's sleeping. Right. That night, he woke up in the middle of the night and decided to check his phone, and the first 100 pictures didn't have anything, but then Adam found a picture from a few minutes before uh, before he had woken up of David standing on the couch no. by Adam's bed. No. 
Next photos show um, David standing, staring at the ceiling as if it's like looking at the camera <gasps> and then falling over and laying on the couch like he's playing dead or something. And then he was gone. Ugh. So it looks at the camera, looks at the camera. Fuck. A few pictures later, David comes back and he's now standing by the bed, staring at Adam inches from his face. Ugh. And then the next picture is David standing next to Adam and staring across the room directly at the camera. Again. Oh, my God. So then the last picture taken before Adam wakes up is David pretty much like inches away from the camera. The like he just thing is there's been a minute since the last photo. So it's yeah. like he's come. Closer. He like has climbed all the way up towards the camera. Oh, my God. So Adam says, I'm so exhausted. I don't know how to process it. Even now, all I want to do is sleep. The next update from Adam was him saying that he was visiting home for a couple weeks and he was feeling much better. He was uh, less foggy and drained, almost like whatever was attached to him was going away. And he started feeling like if he moved, maybe David wouldn't follow him. But then while he was at home in Montana, while it was snowing, he woke up one night and saw something moving outside his window. Oh, and he stared long enough for his eyes to adjust. And then he saw someone moving to the side and hiding away from the window whenever he would look. Oh, God. He assumed it was an animal, but the next morning he went out and looked into the snow and didn't find any animal tracks, but he did find small human footprints no. that vanished in the middle of the field. No! In New York, he gets back and David says he feels like he's being watched again in the middle of the night and the app that takes photos every minute is now being spotty. Um, but one night Adam felt really sick and had awful dreams and one was of David hovering in the corner of his ceiling, hovering in the air. Fantastic. In the corner of his ceiling, mouthing something no, to him. No, 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 no. David then began hovering over his bed, still mouthing something, and f faster than people should usually speak. So he's talking really fast. Um, Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. Don't, how do they know that his mouth is moving if it's like photos? I guess that, I don't know. I Maybe it's a, oh, wait, hang on. Oh, it's a, because it's a dream. Oh, it's a dream. So oh, he's sorry. having a dream right now that's photos. Okay. No, he's having a dream that Dave is hovering over him and mouthing something really fast. To so him. it's fucking terrible because he's watching it happen. Yes. That's fantastic. Okay. So while Adam is unable to move in this dream, David then dropped down towards him and Adam woke up to feeling pressure on his chest like the wind got knocked out of him. So that was the end of his dream. He woke up feeling like something like smacked so him. He's like hovering over him and then fucking drops. So this is terrible. So he goes over to the phone to see if any pictures got taken during this dream of this demon dented headed child right. hovering over him. And then all of a sudden you feel like the wind gets knocked out. Right. And the only picture that he found on his phone was of a child with a dented head falling on top of his body. Wait, what? There's literally a photo of it. There's literally a photo of it. So apparently as the it, he wasn't dreaming, this thing was hovering over him and then dropped onto him. And that's when he woke up and saw the picture. I'm going to lose my mind. This is terrible. Two weeks later, Adam checks back in saying that he's actually feels really good and he has no more dreams and everything has stopped for now. But he has this weird feeling that something is off and he will lose hours of time with no memory of oh, what happened. Shit. Or he will hear people talking to him. And when he asks them to repeat themselves, they haven't said anything. Oh, no. Then his photos on social media start warping themselves. He's, oh. He starts trying to post pictures and they're all coming out really fucked up. Like on Instagram or something? So like one picture in particular is from Instagram. Oh, and uh, there's a picture that he posted that completely glitched on its own. And everything else in the picture looks fine except his face looks deformed oh. as if he has a dent in his head. Stop it, M. So many people have thought that it looked like his face was no longer his. And since David has now made physical contact by dropping oh. on top of his body... He is now becoming one with David. Absolutely not. 
Then people are hear nothing from Adam for another two weeks. And then a vague video comes out, very vague, makes no sense to this day, of Adam's cats looking scared and meowing. And it had no explanation or caption or anything, just cats oh, so meowing. so no one knows why he posted it, really? right? Oh, okay. And some people have hypothesized that maybe it was like David, or Dear David, now having possessed Adam filming the cats or something like that. Very creepy. Then nothing again until Adam wrote an all undercase with weird spacing in between, which is nothing like his other tweets. So it seems very out of ordinary for him. Sure. All he wrote undercase with multiple spaces in between the words. Everything is fine. Oh, oh my God. Then nothing again for another week and a half. And so all of a sudden he says, please do not worry about me. I'm okay. And everything will be like it was before. Nothing again. And then an update from him saying, I'm doing okay. It's been pretty quiet around here lately. And I've been trying to focus on work. Of course, I'll keep you updated if anything strange happens. But for now, I'm staying busy with other projects, which caused a lot of controversy because people thought if the pictures were doctored or if he set this up for a video camera, he they think that this could have all been fake because he was in the middle of writing a book. Oh, so right. maybe it was for publicity. And he worked for like BuzzFeed or something. Right? right. So he like maybe maybe all this was just an act. So um, the last update was on June 6th of 2018. And it was that a Dear David film was in the works being produced by Dan Lin, who was also the producer of it. Oh, fuck. Okay. And that is the whole story of Dear David. I'm just I just don't know. I mean, I just this is terrible. It's terrible. It's truly bananas it's like so scary i feel like i was just running through that but it was just so much information. There's so much well i mean and like my first thought always when with something like that and someone acts weird is like carbon monoxide right right like people go see things sure like, yeah but the fact that they're like photos and stuff, yeah it's just not okay it's and all of that like i said i know there's an uh one on bustle i know on his actual twitter i think it's a his pinned tweet but somewhere on his twitter he actually has a link where he saved all of his dear david threads and oh. put them all in like one big space for you to read them chronologically okay, okay. so you can also look there for all the pictures right. and videos but it is worth your time if you're feeling like getting creeped and it's out very creepy like if you're like oh it's just a twitter thread and they're not like, they're not doctored pictures this is like scary. real stuff it's very in scary. my opinion anyway um, in my opinion my <laughs> anyway. humble opinion imho uh anyway wow that's so fucking spooky um Oof, gives me chills so for everyone who wasn't at the uh new york gramercy theater show right i hope you enjoyed this little insight but also i'm so sorry you didn't get the pictures and the reaction that everyone had from when the Please. light blew blew out so i just i like that i got to actually swear and scream and be a psycho during it because i didn't get that opportunity on stage yay that one spooks me so fucking much it's way creepy um real quick because i forgot uh also, for speaking of live shows, we have a bunch in Florida next week, and I don't think we've like pub, like advertised that much. So no, um, please come to our Florida and we shows. We haven't sold that many tickets down there, so like please Florida show up if you can. We have a ton of cities and tickets. So. Yes, if you feel like trotting all over Florida, please come to every show. And if you're I at it. will tell you, for true crime, you guys know I'm going to have some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. I'm amped. Anyway. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out 
a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink and we're back yes 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 i'm very excited to hear what you have for me okay hold on we just recorded our facebook live for february guys we took a little hiatus little hiatus grabbed a beer ate some hot sauce it's national wine day but i'm drinking beer so i have i have not tried the uh bayou Love potion yet, but I have tried the Bourbon Street Hot Party in your mouth sauce. Yeah. And I've also tried the Louisiana Execution. As predicted, Louisiana Execution is currently my favorite. Yes. It's really, I have done probably 10 dollops already. <clears throat> little, <throat> just little shooters. Off the finger. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, and I still have chips from down from Chipotle downstairs. Oh, boy. Oh, yeehaw. Oh, my goodness. Let's hope Al didn't eat them. Damn it. Okay. Anyway, tell me your story. Okay, sorry. We're back. Um, I'm going to tell you... Can I test this real quick? Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. We're on. So, I'm going to tell you a story that I told in D.C., mm. and I guarantee you don't remember it because your mother was there, and I think you blacked out the whole thing. Just about every second of that entire trip, yes. Fantastic. So, this is uh, the story of the murder of Viola Drath. Yep, don't remember. Great. Thanks. Sorry. I was hoping you'd at least pretend, but okay. Oh, I loved it. It was, I loved when you talked about that girl Viola in it. Okay. So, uh, Viola, we're going to just jump into it. This is one that I was like amped about doing live and I'm amped about telling you again. Okay. So this is, uh, Viola. She was born in Dusseldorf in 1920 in Germany. Mm-hmm. She lived the high life in post-World War II Germany and learned English at a young age on vacations around the world, as well as her time in a boarding school in Scotland. So she was very much like um, 
like high society, basically. Um, while living in Munich as a playwright in her 20s, she met the man who would become her future husband. His name was Lieutenant Colonel Francis S. Drath, and it was love at first sight. Aww. I know, it's very precious. Um, so they got married, and they moved, as you do, from uh, Germany, from Munich, Germany, to Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. As you do. We've all done it. I've, I've been there, okay? I just got out. We just did it. Just got out of Nebraska. You fall in love, you move to Nebraska. It's, it's just the way it goes. And, you know, for better or for worse. Say lovey. Say lovey. Um, but despite the culture shock, obviously she's literally lived in Germany and Scotland her whole life. Right. Um, welcome to Nebraska. <laughs> welcome to the heart of America. <laughs> uh, she adjusted actually really well. She got an advanced degree in literature. Oh, hey Yeah. And this is like, you know, well, I don't know how to do math, but you know, she was born in 1920 and was, so it was like the fifties. So okay. this was like not that normal for a woman to get an advanced degree. Right. Education for Edu- a woman. <laughs> but Re- they don't have a brain. Reading so how, and writing? How do they do that? How do they hold a pen? Weird. They can only hold a spatula. And a baby. Oh, and a baby. <laughs> so, uh, right. So she got an advanced degree. And also she was married. So, I mean, she did have a lot of money. So there was that. But sure. like, there was that no helps. need for her to get an, a degree, basically. Got it. As far as like finances. So she gets an advanced degree in literature and philosophy. And she starts working as an editor of a German newspaper in Nebraska. Uh, she had her own show on local TV, and an, she was also an American correspondent for a German magazine. So she's, like, working her butt off. Just doing what she needs to do. Yeah. Um, so after their stint in Nebraska, Viola and her husband moved to D.C. to continue working their way up in their careers. They were basically this, like, intense power couple. So her husband, Francis the Colonel, as he was nicknamed. Love it. And he was actually a colonel, but that was his nickname. He worked for the government, and he took care of their daughters, while Viola would jet set to New New York and Germany to cover fashion shows and build up her social circle. So it's pretty cute because he's like this high up guy in the military and the government and he is like watching the kids back at home and she's like building up her journalism career. So got it. Pretty baller. I Doing think. whatever she needs to do. So at the time she befriended Norman Mailer, Henry Kissinger and other high status people. Uh, she was described as a notable figure in German-American relations, which is, like, a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And in addition to German-American politics, she regularly wrote about culture, fine art, and political gossip. Ooh. So she was just a badass, basically. Yeah, she's covering all of all of her spots. All of the facets of, of the, life. Of things. Of and, life. And things in life. And, and ne- interests in culture. And interests in culture, Nebraska, etc. She's got it all down. Got it. Um, just like us. Uh, well, <laughs> not as not as well as us, I think. <laughs> No, no, but nobody. <laughs> no one can no. compare. Um, so on top of all this, she and her husband, Francis, are living in Georgetown, D.C. Mm-hmm. at this point. Um, they were this charming couple. They were high up on the social ladder. They had this beautiful townhome. Like, I mean, anyone who's been to Georgetown knows, like, how expensive and oh, nice yeah. those houses are. Um, Very she-she. I remember talking during the show about my ex-boyfriend who lived in Georgetown, and um, we would go to, like, lacrosse parties in those stupid houses, and I just... Love it. It's just so stupid. I hate it. Um, not my <laughs> proudest moment. So anyway, uh, I have to sneeze. Don't. Fuck you. Did it work? <laughs> sort of. Oh, but not enough. <laughs> not enough for old Christine and that nose of hers. <laughs> I feel like a rabbit. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so they are this like charming couple. Everyone loves them. They're both super successful. They're a beautiful family. Yada, yada, yada. In the early 80s, Viola is at a news conference where she meets a young teenage intern from Germany, and his name is Albrecht Muth. Woohoo! Yes. Now, Albrecht, Albrecht, I don't know. Albrecht? 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 
Sure. Uh, told Viola he was a devotee of her work and had started reading her column in his youth. In his youth. I'm like, you're a teenager, you asshole. So when you were eight. What a, what a <laughs> fucking weirdo. In his youth. He's like, I didn't watch Power Rangers. I watched your... I read your... Your TED Talk. Yeah. TED Talk. <laughs> I mean, in my youth, I was reading Nickelodeon Magazine, please. That's true. <laughs> I was starting young. Nickelodeon Magazine, please. Um, <laughs> Albrecht told Viola... he was Right, so I already told you that. So he took her out to lunch at a local schnitzel joint. I'm not making that up. Mm. And I'm like, where was that when I lived in D.C.? I don't know. Right. And although he had only recently moved to D.C. to study at American University. Ayo. My alma mater. And Allison's. And that's right. That's true. <laughs> oh, where your like love I began. I totally forgot about that. Like, right. Al went there, too. Yeah. It's kind of where we met. It's kind of where we all met. God, I met her when she was 17. Isn't that weird? Anyway. Aw, little Allison. We were babies. Her youth. Her youth. Our youths. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Viola was impressed how, you should have seen how many like TED Talks we watched back then. Okay, I love a good TED Talk though. So. I don't think they existed in that year. No, I just love them now. Mm. I love a good TED Talk. No, me too. Just not in my youth, probably. No, no, no. So Viola was impressed by how intelligent, witty, and driven he was. They stuck up a... Uh, they struck up a friendship slash mentorship and soon he started coming over to her and francis's house unannounced all the time got it he was an odd duck is what i wrote well welcome to the club (laughs) he once showed up at their house wearing an eye patch (laughs) i mean to be fair you've shown up at my house wearing weirder things (laughs) i mean you're not wrong i can't think of any right now but i know you're right He once showed up at their house wearing an eye patch and claiming he was in the way of an assassination attempt in Paraguay. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were like, okay, guy. He's like <laughs> literally 18. And he was like, like testing out ideas for his own podcast. Yeah. Yeah, probably. He's like, here's a story. Does it stick? Does it work? <laughs> no. Do people like me? Should no. I wear the eye patch on the other eye? Oh, is that what the problem that's is? That's what it is. Yep. I knew my dimple looked better on this yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to Viola and Francis. Unfortunately, Francis, the colonel had been battling cancer um mm. and on january 11th of 1986 he passed away he and viola had been married for 40 years oh. and they had a really really beautiful happy life together so viola at this point is 66 um and she really did not take her husband's passing well they've been together since she was like in her early 20s got like, it. it it's just very hard on her um she had always had such a busy schedule with work and travel and her social life that she had kind of relied heavily on francis for keeping care of the taking care of the house taking care of the kids and so this was like a complete shift for her to try and figure out like she literally didn't know how to be. go grocery how shopping yeah like she couldn't do basic day-to-day stuff because she had relied on him for all of it um so she was pretty much lost so of course um her good pal comes to the rescue albrecht moot starts popping up all the time uh, mm, with his eye patch i was gonna say sometimes i maybe. would imagine i like to picture it with the eye patch yeah <laughs> um he begins showing viola a lot more attention and affection uh she's impressed by his grasp on paul keep in mind she's like 66 he's like 18 19 he's like in his maybe t- early 20s now or like around 20 sure he's very young still Let's young put it that way um, in his 20s, I believe. So he begins showing her a lot more affection. She's impressed by his grasp on politics, international affairs, etc. He also just gives her company. 
um, when she needs it most. He would come over unannounced for tea all the time, and sometimes he would serenade her on the baby grand piano. Well, well, it is kind of like when you come over, isn't it? I mean, I really tr- I try my best to impress <laughs> you all the time. I don't want our love to die. No. You see. Well, no, obviously. Got to keep you on your toes. You're just waiting for Blaze to die so you can serenade me more often. So, well, I mean, so I can at least sign papers so Gio's half mine. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, there's that too. We know what's coming. I like to pretend it's for me, but it's mostly mm-hmm. for Gio. Yes. Sure. I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> so after a few months of this, Albrecht, I don't know how, whether... Well, Albrecht. No. Albrecht shows up unannounced as usual. This time, he's wearing a tux. Shows up with a bottle of French champagne. As you do. Gets down on one knee and proposes to Viola, and she accepts. So four years after the death of her first husband, Viola Draft, now 70 years old, marries 26-year-old Albrecht Mut. There is a 44-year difference in their ages oh my word quite a shock to all her friends family how old is she 70 70 holy moly he is 26 um after their marriage albrecht's eccentricity skyrockets Mm -hmm. he takes over the domestic duties that the colonel once performed except with this weird like formal air to it so when visitors would come by he would serve them tea then like (laughs) bow really exaggerated (laughs) I love it. What That's a, how I do something. Every now and then. What I, a cool guy. I mean, I did every just now and then your... I ring on the ring on the doorbell and you open the door and I give one <laughs> one bow and I I keep eye contact the whole time. You give me a cup of tea. That's cold because you drove all the way from Burbank. Yeah. And it's usually Starbucks. Let's be real. But then... I try my best. <laughs> uh, as long as I play the baby grand before I leave, that's everything's all I need. good. You know, that's all I need. So, right, so he'd serve tea, take an exaggerated bow, and then leave the room. And all these people who are friends with Viola, who are, like, in their 60s and 70s, are like, what the fuck is this kid? Like, what is he doing? It's just very strange. Um, Around this time, he had also fabricated a story that an elderly German count had fallen from an elephant in India. Well, when don't they? (laughs) When don't they, am I right? Classic move. And needed to appoint a successor before dying. So from that point forward, Mut insisted on being called Count Albrecht, or... If you knew him pretty well, Count Albie. Again. <laughs> I'm not so, saying he's copying me left and right, but yeah. they don't call me the Count for nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, homie, your boobies are showing. What's going on? Oh. <laughs> Listen, it's all this talk of baby grants and Oh, tea. my gosh. I just, just saw, I was like, I like the purple in your shirt. And I was like, oh, that's your bra. <laughs> I just listen. I can't control myself. It's we, okay. I understand. It's I understand. the eye patch, it's the piano. <laughs> They're hitting every point. We Ugh. should have had that going on for a third love ad real quick. Yeah. Next time we're doing a third love ad, just don't wear a shirt. Got a it? A third love bra, you guys. I'm is it really? It is. Wow. Yeah, I literally only wear them. They didn't even pay for this oh, ad. It's just walked in. I literally, I was like, I like the, sh- the purple in your shirt. And I was like, that's not a shirt. <laughs> it was like this color. I don't know if you're trying to match or something. <laughs> Blaze is shaking his head. Like Blaze loves this. Oh, also, wait, Blaze, you want to shake your head even more? Here. At the same time. Oh, Gio. You're saying, Mommy, keep your shirt on. What's wrong? And also, get rid of lemon. Why is lemon still here? Because lemon's my friend. God. No, why would I get rid of lemon? He's my friend. She brought it in her purse. Blaze, I was up at that altar with you, and I gave you an out. You could have said, no, I don't. But instead, you you said, I do. Yeah, you're right. Lemon joined the party later. And sickness and unhealth, Blaze. That's what you agreed to. And in lemon. And in lemon. Wait, wait, get it? Wait, wait. In citrus and in health. Get out of here. Bye, Blaze. You, I'm very jealous he, he gets to leave. Did you hear what he said? No. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I'm taking the dog. I'm taking the cat. The scariest thing he could have said. I'm not doing this anymore. Okay, hey, guys. 
I button my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> button it all the way to the neck this time. Please, so if this ever happens truly in a live show, you have <laughs> you have to fucking tell me because that's horrifying. Um, okay. Yeah, this is, you guys are getting more of a show than the people in DC did, by guys, the way. we got hot sauce, we got boobies, we we've got, got, we got lemons. Mummified lemons. <laughs> we got Blaze really hating it. We got Blaze, like, signing divorce papers. Yes, wow. Anyway, okay, so, he says he's now a count, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, well, don't worry, this guy fell off an elephant, so now I'm a count. Right, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So, following the end of the Iraq War in 2003, let me say that again. I, I heard it. Iraq war I in 2003. Iraq. I said it weird. Iraq. Well, we already just talked about your Iraq. <laughs> okay. That was loud. <laughs> oh, okay. Following the end of the Iraq war in 2003, uh, he suddenly adopted the rank and wore the uniform of a brigadier general in the Iraqi army. Oh, wow. So far going so far as to organize diplomatic events in DC that he claimed were for the new, the new Iraqi regime. Mm-hmm. He even managed to arrange a ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery to honor fallen American soldiers on behalf of the Iraqi regime. Okay. Keep in mind, all of this is made up. Like, he's just inventing this. Like, just every day he's waking up with a new story. He's just coming up with, like, this bullshit. He's like, he's like we've, pushed the, we've pushed the envelope. Let's see how far we can really get it going. <laughs> Let's rip the envelope in half and see what happens. Let's shred it into pieces. <laughs> Let's put it in the shredder <laughs> um, and set it on fire. So he even made up, this is fun, a family crest. Out. I feel like in high school I knew people who pulled shit like that. I think I always, when people I was younger, I thought like crests that. were more important because I thought you got to customize them. <laughs> like when I, I mean, you did like 500 years ago. True, but I think like as a child, my mentality of it was every like descendant, every and like every oh dear new generation gets to add something else. That's why they were like so elaborate. So I was like, oh, this person added an otter, and this person had a bird. Oh, I'll this... put the slime recipe on it. Exactly. I thought I thought for sure. I was like, SpongeBob is absolutely well, going sure. in our crest. Both of ours would have matched, though. right? <laughs> um right so he makes up a crest for himself like this is just bonkers by the way this guy's literally like in the high society in dc in the 2000s like this is very recent this is not like old timey okay so he makes up this crest but uh so he's eccentric obviously Mm -hmm. quote-unquote eccentric but it turns out that his life with viola was actually a lot darker than it seemed from the outside um in 92 uh so this is we're all the way in 2003 but looking back like in 92 um Albrecht was convicted of beating Viola, um, the beginning of a rap sheet that would chronicle numerous cases of domestic abuse. Uh, is that my phone? That's oh. my phone. Go ahead. Uh, he once punched her in the face for interrupting a phone call. <gasps> well, I, you just interrupted my phone call. Oh, God. <laughs> Come over here. No. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, right. He once punched her in the face for interrupting a phone call. Keep in mind, she's in her 70s and he's like in his 20s. That's horrible. Um, one night they were staying at the plaza and he threw her clothes into the hall and locked her out of the room for the night. Um, mm, and poor, she, poor, poor woman. Yeah. She ended up having to like call her friend and she, it was like so mortifying because right. she's like been she's like created her own life and she's been and like she's just like this big strong powerful woman exactly and all of a sudden now she's like at the hands of this guy. exactly and like with her husband of 40 years like who respected and loved total her respects right like supported her and now there's this like asshole who's taking advantage of her and like right beating the shit out of her and oh it's god and so she has to call her her friends and be like hey remember that guy that you like fucking hate who bows at you all the time like right <laughs> with the eye patch with the eye patch you you remember him yeah right? like he just pushed me out into the hallway of a hotel room i paid for and like you but also like me up especially at 70 years old like you don't push anyone no. like that's like just an extra the pushing alone is like just yeah you don't fucking treat anyone that way Whew. but like come on like what is, what are you doing anyway. yeah so meanwhile he's also actively having affairs with men okay surprise 
At one point, he even moved in with a boyfriend, whom he also domestically abused aggressively before being kicked out by the man. PSA, abuse can happen to anyone. To anyone. It's not just women. Oh, absolutely. Um, And by anyone, also. Yes. Yes. It can also be women. Yeah. Um, So, like, good for that guy he was with to kick him out, but the only sad downside was that he moved back in with Viola. So, like, it's just a bad bad cycle. Um, Albrecht once insulted Viola's daughter... Uh, who was, like, a grown woman who also had a successful career. Yeah. And um, when Viola defended her, Albrecht swung a chair at her, then <gasps> repeatedly pounded her head against the floor. Oh, no. After she called 911 and had him arrested, Albrecht left for a while, claiming to be in Iraq, working side-by-side side with big wig officials to end the war. Meanwhile, when he called Viola, his area code showed up as Miami, Florida. What the hell? <laughs> She's like, I'm not that stupid. All right. <laughs> um, but despite all this, somehow he was able to woo her back, and I think... People, her friends and fan, her daughter and like her f- kids and family friends say like she was just in such a bad place after her husband died. Like she just needed right. someone to be there for her. Like it was yeah. just he just took advantage of a very vulnerable person. Of course. So to this day, there's no evidence that he actually ever stepped foot in Iraq, despite this many years, like decades of acting like he was some sort of like Iraqi consul member, right? And like was hosting events at arlington like it's just so bananas so there's no proof that he had ever stepped foot in iraq but when he finally returned to georgetown he began walking the streets in uh the iraqi uniform which is an olive uniform with a red beret mm-hmm. so he just started wandering dc i can't believe this, in this, this i'm sorry he's just this the most ridiculous I mean, flamboyant person i've ever met like out of control and he's yeah. like in his 20s like he's not like an eccentric old man who's, like, earned the right to be an eccentric old man. <laughs> Which I am on my way to doing, right. by the way. <laughs> Which, like, someday we will be those people, but right. I feel like at least we'll be nice to other people. Right, but weird as shit and abusive. No, yeah. Terrible. And a compulsive liar. And totally. All this Narcissistic, etc. So, once again, things, like, he's back in Georgetown. Things escalate at home. Surprise, surprise. Viola is now 90 years old. Uh, poor, still, poor yeah, woman. Terrible. And they're still together? Yeah. So, so she... he's 40-ish now. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, so he's 36. 36, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, look at me go. Wow, Wait, is math. that right? No. Fuck, that's wrong. Well, if she was 70 when he was 26, and now she's 90, he's 46. Yeah, that's what I meant. Damn Fuck, it. I was so proud of myself. I was like, wow, look at you doing simple math. And I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> Good, not great. <laughs> that's so sad. It's okay. You've got, you're, you're two beers in today. Why did my parents pay for my private education? The world will never Something know. Something I ask Linda every single day. I'm like, why did you do this? I do too. Um, okay. Once again, things escalated at home. Viola's 90 at this point. Although she knew that um, Albrecht monitored her emails and even sometimes sent emails under her name to people, like would just go in her account and like email people. Mm-hmm. Um, she was too frustrated with technology to create a new account. So she like just was like, whatever. Got it. I'm just going to keep using the one I have. <clears throat> Over the years, she had lost touch with many friends and acquaintances because of Albrecht. Mm-hmm. Um, they all inv- hesitated to invite her places for fear that Albrecht would come too. Yeah. Her church even banned him from entering the building. Wow. It's like when a church fucking bans you. Right. So at this point, a lot of people had called Albrecht out on his shit, obviously. So he spent most of his time at home. Uh, he would lounge on the couch drinking most days, would frequently send Viola long, nasty emails from the other room, mm-hmm. uh, berating her, telling her how her... From the other room? Yeah. Like they... in the same house yeah, together? Yeah, he never left the house. So she would mm. be like in her bedroom or whatever, and he'd be like in the living room writing her nasty emails. And the emails berated her, told her how her accomplishments meant nothing. He was the only reason she had ever had any success. She amounted to nothing. So everything you ever did before you even met me is because of me. Yeah. Got it. Or it was worthless. That's logical. It doesn't matter. Right. And like, she's just a piece of, like, he's just 
emotionally abusing her left and right on top of physically abusing her right um so on one afternoon in 2011 albrecht met up with a friend he had met on craigslist you know how you do oh yeah in nebraska Uh, the friend didn't drink, but Albrecht got belligerently drunk and ended up staggering to his, well, Viola's house, I guess, uh, staggered home at 10 PM. Uh, oh, wait, this is a fun fact. He called their home. So his name was Albrecht. He called it the Albrechtery, like a rectory. I hate that. I love it. I don't want to love it. I hate it because he invented that he was like all these weird titles and shit. But if there was a way to name like, like my place after me i would find a way to do it i mean there is like your wi-fi name like just do do that oh, that's true just like do that like how ours is like geo's house or whatever just like is it? do that yeah or it used to be in our old apartment mine's marty mcwifly oh well see that's good you're good i know no we need, we need to change it you're right you're right ours was geo's house for a long time i don't know what it is here i think it's wi-fi e4568 or something clever like that <laughs> so if you see that on your uh, wi-fi you might be a neighbor ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> um okay so the albrechtery because he's just it's not even his house by the way like that's the thing it's not his house he doesn't live, like he right, lives there right, but right. it's not his house so he had gotten so drunk that his friend wrote him an email saying like this friend he met on craigslist said i really don't feel comfortable meeting up with you ever again wow because like you were so out of control just to give you an idea of how fucking belligerently drunk this guy got so the very next morning on august 12th so that was that night he met up with the friend got belligerently belligerently drunk headed home to the albrechtery the next morning police got a call from albrecht this was august 12 2011 albrecht called the police saying he had returned home from his morning walk to find his wife viola's body on the bathroom floor oh no At this point she's 91 years old so police assume it had been a fall mm-hmm. um, but the medical examiner quickly realized that viola's scalp was bruised her thumbnail was torn <laughs> Uh, sorry just go on you talked about spines i will talk about fingernails and the cartilage in her neck was fractured oh my god she had also been strangled and they determined she had been strangled and bludgeoned to death Mm. as soon as uh viola's death was ruled a homicide albrecht said she was killed just buckle up albrecht said she was killed as a result of a failed iranian assassination attempt on him get the fuck out of here he's such a piece of shit oh my god then he presented family members with a letter stating that he would collect $150,000 upon his wife's death. He's like, oh. look at this letter I found. But bingo, here it is. Wow, what a surprise. It took the police only four days to collect enough evidence to arrest him. Um, during that period, they forbade him from entering his home. So instead, he slept in a Georgetown park wearing a perfectly tailored houndstooth blazer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such a fucking nut job. Um, so let's do a quick run through because like... Throughout the trial, he was just an absolute nightmare, whack job, like okay, just great. so beyond nightmare, whack job. And so I'm just going to give you like a little run through of how he behaved. During the pre- preliminary hearing, Albrecht shows up in his orange prison jumpsuit with a popped collar and insisted on keeping the collar popped. Like he's a, <laughs> like he's a 12 year old in 2005 or something. He just learned what Aeropostale Remember was. Remember the double, the double collar pop? Oh. That was a banana's time. I've been trying to forget that for two decades. Well, welcome back to Puka Shell Land. <laughs> oh, help me. Um, his, during his first appearance in court, he complains that corrections officers want him to wear underwear, saying, quote, I am a serving officer in the Iraqi Special Forces. Oh, my God, with it. We don't wear underwear. And they're like, what? <laughs> what the hell? 
His second appearance at court, he announces that he would serve as his own attorney, which we always know is a really good sign. I mean, it's my favorite way to do things. Yes. We always know that the most sane people do that. It's exactly how you get out of everything. Exactly. It's most effective. Most effective. Be your own attorney. Real uh, attorneys shouldn't even exist. No. Apparently. What's the point of them? Why? When Why? you got yourself. When all these people can do it themselves. There it is. I would like to hire him as my attorney also. Oh. Did you hear he's a special forces? You get him. I get Ted Bundy. Oh, hell yeah. Done. Second appearance in court, he announces that he would serve as his own attorney and that he would begin, quote, an unlimited fast. Great. For what point? Nobody knows. When doctors pleaded with him to eat, Albrecht told them that he was following orders from the Archangel Gabriel. I'm going to lose my mind. They, they needn't worry about his ability to survive because he was comparable to a camel. Was he? He said he was also comparable to Jesus. I... <laughs> I'm telling you, he's just fucking derailed. Like at this point, I hope even he knows. He's like, I'm, I've lost it. <laughs> he's like, I'm not okay. I just closed my eyes and like threw myself into a hole. And it's like whatever. I'm just gonna close my eyes and whatever image shows up first is gonna be the <laughs> next thing I talk about. Camel, camel, right? And there's Jesus. Um, right. So he's a camel. He's also Jesus. So he doesn't need to eat because an angel told him to. Not and just, that's the least crazy things he's said, by the way. And like the least harmful thing he's done to anybody right. else, which is just beyond. So on Thursday, January 16, 2014, a jury deliberates only about three hours before finding Albrecht Mut, who's now 49, guilty of beating and strangling socialite and journalist Viola Herms Drath. He was sentenced to 50 years in prison. Ooh, so basically death. Uh, well, he's only, f well, yeah. I mean, it depends on parole, I think, but mm. 50 years, I don't think is too long. He's in his 40s, so. Got it. Yeah, possibly. Possibly life. Depending on his genetics. Depending on if he ever fucking eats again. <laughs> right, right, and, right. And his genetics. Um, the story, but if he's Jesus, like, who cares, right? He'll that's true. walk right out of iron bars. I mean, as far as I know, he's friends with Archangel Gabriel, so... And camels. And camels, so, like... And eye patches. He's got everything covered. Um, the story of Viola Drass' murder is currently being made into a movie called Georgetown. Ooh. Or, there's, like, two titles. Working titles? Yeah, two working titles. Uh, it's either Georgetown or The Worst Marriage in Georgetown. Well, they're <laughs> very, both accurate. Very, very on the nose, yeah. I think. Uh, starring and directing... Starring and directed by my boyfriend, Christoph Waltz. Oh. Which, when we did this live, uh, the draw, and that's where we draw was Christine's boyfriend, and we got quite a few weird. I remember there was one with like plays, and then they drew like a German Speedo. It was like a whole thing. I remember, and uh, I don't know if this was the same place where we covered the story, but um, one of the DC shows, are, and that's why we draw, was phallic worshiping. And oh. wow, do I regret that. I've never seen that many dicks. I think that might have been the ever. same day because there were speedos in mine, penises galore in yours. Like just oh my god, so many penises. It was a yeah, it was rough. Sausage fest. Sausage fest. <laughs> that's what we. That's what our working title of our podcast is. Yeah, it was originally called Sausage Fest. Fun. Did fact. you know that? Yeah. <laughs> We, we're still considering going back to that we might go back i mean after the next hundred episodes we'll just do a little like throwback title i don't think anyone will notice if we change it mm -mm, no mm -mm. not at all mm. right so that is the story of the murder of viola draft i love it it's i hate it bonkers isn't it but i love it like i didn't even know that existed until and i lived there i mean you lived there like mm -hmm. i'd never heard of it before um and it's pretty recent so yeah crazy uh, i did have a horoscope that i had written out for that show love it um so uh, what's his name? I almost called him Christoph. Albrecht. <laughs> We're not talking about your boyfriend anymore, Whoops. okay? Oh, damn it. I want to, though. Um, so Albrecht was a Taurus. Is a Taurus. Mm -hmm. He's still alive. Um, born May 10th. Okay. So listen up. 
The most nutritious breakfast you could have today is a big bowl of bravado. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if you step out into the world acting like you own it, by the end of the day, you just might. Oh my word. I think he actually did read this horoscope. I think he like... actually, I think he's the one who said this in <laughs> the mirror to himself as his daily affirmation. <laughs> he wrote this. No, he took Viola's fucking email account, sent it into like there it the, is. the daily, the DC. He's like, I have a hunch that you should say this. He's like, yeah. Washington Post here. Now I write. This is Viola. I wrote a horoscope. Actually, the uh, the Iraqi War told me <laughs> that uh, that you should say this out There's loud. There's this Iraqi angel that came to me. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, treat yourself like the mover and shaker you hope to be, and others will see you as such. Uh oh. Hit a 45 minute vinyasa flow class, or settle back in the massage chair and enjoy a power nap and a pedicure. Mm. Don't let drama at home seep into your nine to five. Maybe take a trip to a farmer's market to pick up some dark, leafy greens. Oh, my goodness. And seasonal goodies like beets and squash. Okay, well, the end kind of derailed. But <laughs> but the beginning was pretty spot but on. But also, wouldn't he derail? It's very him. <laughs> it's your best. So it's like and also, bravado and squash. You know what? And also, it is telling him to buy a lot of food. And, like, he is fasting, as far as I know. True. So, like, maybe maybe it's like just it's still on the nose eat a, a fucking bit. piece of lettuce. Perfect. Anyway, so that's the story of Viola Draft that uh, we covered in November. Wild wild well thank you for that thank you guys for listening to our stories and our very long rant in the beginning but yes. we had a lot to say to you we did um thank you so much for everyone listening if you want to reach us or find us or stay in touch with us or keep updated with find anything Wi-Fi we want to e do four five two eight three and you're right. here marty mcwifi and the <laughs> password oh, is you plutonium gave, you gave yours too <laughs> um but uh if you are interested in keeping up with us you can find our social media on facebook twitter and instagram at atwwd podcast you can also find our website and that's where we drink.com you can look up our tour dates on that website as well at and that's where we drink.com slash live you can also uh, send us emails at and that's where we drink at gmail.com and if you would like to submit uh your personal true crime and paranormal stories you can do them to that email and maybe they will be in the running for our next listeners episode that we do at the first of every month. That's right. March 1st coming up. And also, please, please, please. We have a lot of shows coming out, especially um, in Florida right now. In yes. March, we have a lot of Florida shows. And I don't even think I think only maybe one of them is sold out. I don't even know. If None they, of them are sold out. So there's tickets to all of them. So some please of them also come. have meet and greet VIP passes. So like, please check those out because like that's pretty awesome. Usually those sell out pretty fast. Florida is not showing up like we want it to guys I know. So let's sell out let's do some Come cool on, things because so, otherwise we can't go back exactly the the we've said it before and it has really worked in the past of you know because we have sold out so many shows in certain cities it's pretty much guaranteed we're going to go back to those cities right. at some point so if we florida, don't sell out on. certain places in florida we, we won't be, be warm we want to be warm in, warm in march let us go there again please <laughs> so please help us out and uh we appreciate you listening to us every week yeah thanks guys we're so happy that you're here and That's, we will be back we also and do that noise that's why, why we, we. <laughs> <laughs> Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.